evening, everybody. Yay, I'm on. Excellent. Going to do a little bit different tonight. We decided this evening service as we're seeking to grow this into congregation of its own right in time. Um, you know, that's not meant to say PM. That's meant to be just so I know where the PM slide starts. Um, so, excellent, excellent. So, right, okay, that's brilliant. Um, <laughs> sorry, my, my mistake. I, I, I did one long um, uh, PowerPoint today and I put PM so I knew where the PM service started. Not necessarily so it said PM up there. Um, my bad. Uh, so, we want to venture to see this grow into congregation of its own right. You know, wouldn't it be amazing to see our evening service? Not just us gathering, planting this out and seeing it happen, but growing and seeing salvation, seeing new people connecting to us and growing, until eventually there's 150 people on a Sunday night. And so we're saying, well, where does our third service come from? And, you know, what is the location? How do we do that? So that's the vision for this service. So we're going to start to do things like breaking bread occasionally and shifting it about and calling people forward so we can pray for them and just connect and minister to them. So shifting the feel ever so slightly this meeting. And tonight's the first time we're going to break bread together. So that's a really good thing, isn't it? You know, sometimes, sometimes, to get on with this, this word, sometimes we can feel alone in a crowd. And this little picture is, is a guy in a crowd, and it's zoomed in on one person because we can feel alone in a crowd. Has anybody done that thing where they stand on a, a railway platform? I, I've, I've been to London a few times, and I stand on in, in a railway station, and there are thousands of people, or on the subway station, there are thousands of people, and I feel incredibly alone. Anybody had that sensation, that experience? I'm not a city person, and yet I like being around people. And so if I go to somewhere like Meadowhall, who likes the Meadowhall experience? Wow, for those watching on video, like there are 98 people and all put their hands up in the congregation this evening. <laughs> and the other 120 chose not to. Um, look, they don't know, that, but they think there are thousands of us in here tonight, so just let them enjoy it, okay? So I, I have this weird, oppressive feeling. It's a strange feeling. All this space... All these possibilities, all these things I can do when I'm in a place like Meadowall or in London. And the only thing I think of is, wow, how small I am and how, how isolated. How alone I can actually feel. It's a really strange sensation. That need to kind of belong and to connect. That need to, to, to be recognized, for, to have somebody see me. And so you, what you find is people live a life that says, look at me, I'm worth noticing. So you, you, people have these picture T-shirts. Anybody possess a picture T-shirt? Let's kind of say it's got Star Wars on it, something like that. Excellent for those at home. Another 98 people put their hands up at that point. They all shouted out and cheered. Uh, raise your hands, and because it's quite dark, you'll need to shout out. Has anybody here got a picture T-shirt on? Yeah. Excellent. Does anybody have a picture T-shirt at home? Yeah. Excellent. So... Uh, the welcome T-shirt does, because it says, I belong here. And it says, welcome, connect. So yeah, our welcome team are wearing uh, designer, designer t-shirts. They were designed um, <laughs> a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And they need redesigning rapidly. So we try to find ways to connect with people. We try to find ways that will say, oh, we're like each other, aren't we? we? We're similar in some way. Look, I'm like you are. In some way, we can be together. So you get these... What I've noticed is... In the last few years, virtually 95% of all women possess a short leather biker jacket. Have you noticed this? And they're all saying, look, I'm with it. 
Look, I'm one of you. Look, girls, together, we're in. I just want to know that those designer jackets were based on German World War II Nazi tank driver tops. That's, that's where the cut comes from. Just, just so you feel at one. You've got to be careful about these things. I'm always slightly suspicious about black leather jackets. Mine's brown. What I'd like us to do is to play a game. And what I want you to do, do you remember as a kid, somebody shout something out and you've got to bring it to the front super fast. And there will be a prize for this. I'm going to shout out one or two items. And what I want you to do is to be the first person to bring the designer item and put it in my hand. All right? Oh, that's fine. Just bring it. Just, just whip it off. Whip it off and bring it up here. So I'm not going to say anything like designer jeans or... Just in case you do not know, do not, Kelvin Klein underwear. Uh, I'm not going to say that. No, you can just come and stand there wearing it if you happen to be wearing it. What I would like is, is anybody wearing any designer? But I'm going to decide if it's genuinely designer. Jordan stood up there and just his trousers. I thought he was actually going to see if he got designer underwear on. I will be the arbiter and decide if it is genuinely designer or not when you get here, all right? Somebody wearing a pair of designer jeans. Please make your way up here as fast as you can. Designer jeans. Wow. All right. Primark jeans. Somebody wearing Primark jeans. Oh, can we have a Primark jeans? Right, Jill, they're not designer. You can sit down now. Yeah, but they're not designer. Somebody wearing designer shoes. Designer shoes. Designer shoes. We've got a designer shoe coming out here. What brand are they? Converse, you're well in with Converse. Yeah. Oh, what we got on? What we got on? Nikes. Nike, Nikes. Yeah. We're in. We're in, gentlemen. We're in. We're in. And oh, have, have you worn the same shoes as your as your fiance? Oh, and they got shiny girly bits on as well. Oh, bless! It's like you're in love. Well done. So we got. Has anybody got a designer T-shirt? Any a designer T-shirt? Designer. I need a designer T-shirt. Come on. Oh, we've got the matching set of shoes. Oh, the fiancés made it with the design. Adidas t-shirt, we'll have that one. Adidas t-shirt. Okay. This is the expensive one. Designer watch. Oh, straight in. Oh, it is a Radley watch. That counts. Designer watch. What is it? Michael Kors. Michael Kors. Ooh. Available on Barnes & Market for 9 50 Michael Kors designer watches. I know somebody who only wears designer, designer aftershave, and he manages to get it from Barnes & Market dead cheap regularly. I'm not saying who it is. <laughs> but when I put it on, I come out with a strange red rash. <laughs> we like to wear things that people will notice, people will see. This guy with his Lonsdale t-shirt on, he's saying something. He's saying, I'm a gym monster. That's what he's saying. I've got welcome team t-shirts. We've got Converse on. Because they, they see what, you wear fancy Converse like mine. Because what, what does that say about me? He says, old man desperate to be young, is what it says. <laughs> Engaging with his youth. Not with the youth, with his youth. We all want to belong. We all want to be part of a tribe. We all want to be part of a team, part of a club, part of a breed, part of a type, part of a brand. Everybody's trying to do it. And even people, what I really love are people that think they're misfit. 
and they're deliberately different. They're just deliberately different like all the other different people. And they all look exactly the same. So there's that within us that is desperately yearning to belong. I think that there's not a person alive that somewhere doesn't want to connect, doesn't want to mesh, doesn't want to be part of. Um, so we wear clothing brand tags. We shop in particular places. We buy particular things. We go to particular places. We wear a particular look. We, we, we do things and go to other people that will connect with us. It's what you're, but being a Christian is so much more than what you're in. So much more than what you wear. So much more than just putting a t-shirt on or wearing a watch or wearing trainers. There are constant decisions in our lives about what we belong to, what we're a part of. A whole country is in the middle of that massive decision now. What we belong to, what we don't belong to. I'm not getting political. It's just, but isn't it? The whole country is in turmoil. What do we belong to? What don't we belong to? Why do we want to belong to it? Why don't we want to belong to it? All sorts of reasons. People are wearing flags and badges and colours to connect with those groups. But as Christians, we're called to something even higher. And tonight we're going to break bread for the first time. Tonight we're going to look beyond wearing a badge, wearing a label, wearing designer shoes or a designer watch. Tonight we're going to... Mind your mind's a very nice Garmin, by the way. Tonight we're going to go way, way beyond... All of those things. Communion is a term describing, communion, this breaking bread, it's a term describing the nature of the breaking bread, the term used by many church groups. Lots of churches use this phrase, communion, to celebrate Jesus' final meal, the, the meal he had with his, his disciples before he was arrested, taken away and crucified. The very first Christians, those disciples, referred to it and brought bread in the way we're going to. They used a Greek term called kononia, and that's a strange word, but what that word means is so much more than just a gathered people. It's an expression, it's a basic meaning of what it is to be a Christian. It's more than being part of something, but it's a total full life, full life belonging. See, when you become a Christian and share that kind of belonging, when you put on that type of clothing, when you put on that identity and belong to that, it's a sharing it in the life and death, and more importantly, the resurrection of Christ. And when we break bread, this simple act, we're actually identifying in a very powerful way. It's the ultimate symbol. It's the ultimate brand. It's the ultimate example. It's the ultimate belonging. It is so much more than a T-shirt could ever be. So much more than my Converse could ever be. So much more than Primark jeans could ever be. It is so much bigger than something you could buy and something you can have. Because this amazing thing is a gift to us. It's a gift to us, a gift of belonging, a gift of participation, a gift of being. It's a radical relationship between Christ and the believer, and of the believers with one another in a partnership of unity. And that's what's so special about this. You see, sometimes when you become a Christian, people say, hey, that's, that's about me and Jesus. But it's, it is, but that's like going out just wearing a t-shirt. Does anybody, has anybody used to have that dream as a little kid? Where you, you, does anybody have a dream as an adult where you're outside just in a t-shirt and nothing else? Just in a vest with no trousers and you're at school. And is it just me that has that dream? Wow. I thought everybody had that dream. If you're listening to home and you're having that dream, let's make sure it's a dream and you're not watching dressed like that because that's just disturbing. Okay? But it's half the picture. It's half the clothing. 
To be in Christ is more than just the right t-shirt. It is belonging to the whole church. We entered into a life with Christ, but we went into a life with one another. Get hold of this. And I'm, t- I'm telling you some really basics tonight, but maybe you need to hear this again. You get to belong to the church. You get to be in. You get to belong to us. We get to belong to you. And that happens in the body of Christ because of Christ. We participate in that. See, that's a brand, a new identity, a meaning that is more than a club. Anybody here in a club? Come on, somebody must be in the RAC, they're in the AA, or they're in the Beano Club, or whatever club it may be. I'm in various clubs. I'm, I've got membership cards. I've got so many membership cards of one sort or another. I've had to take them out of my wallet and I leave them at home, and I have to remember to take the one I need when I'm going somewhere. Otherwise, my wallet is huge. All these things I can be a part of. But we're talking about something so much bigger. It's something that says, you belong here. It's more than a club, it's a total connection. Are belonging to each other. Let me have a look at these verses in Hebrews chapter 10. Let me read them to you. Hebrews 10, verses 12, and then a bit from 25. Christ offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins. The new plan, God's way, by which we were made fit for God by the once for all sacrifice of Jesus. As an amazing thing happens, that for all the things we can do, all the things we can buy, all the prices we can pay, it would never be sufficient to connect us with Christ. It would never be sufficient for us to connect with each other. It would never be sufficient for us to connect with God the Father. And yet in Christ, an ultimate price is paid. Jesus pays a price on a cross that allows us to engage with him, but engage with each other. You know, without the cross, we couldn't function together. See, it's not that we could just be a gang that would do something without Jesus. We wouldn't even be in the same room together. We would have no connectionship, no relationship, no belonging. But in God we do. So those verses about the price that Christ pays, it speaks to our present. It speaks into our today. So the things that go off today, it speaks of our need for unity today. It speaks into our present. It's a symbol of our unity. It reminds us who we are to be living for in our life. It reminds us to keep our eyes on Jesus because he's the, the founder and perfecter of our faith. He's the one that gives us unity and salvation. It tells us that he is who he said he is and we are who he says we are. That's what the cross does. That's what this symbol reminds us of. We can trust him today with our lives. So this symbol of breaking bread points to the future because it also says, do this until he returns. We proclaim his death until he comes again. Points to our complete salvation. The Bible says we put on Christ. Put on Christ. Hide yourself within him. We clothe ourselves with him. And that's more than a label. It's more than just a t-shirt. It's more than a look. It's a becoming. It's belonging. So what does Jesus want to do for us at this gathering? When we celebrate communion that we're going to do in a few moments' time, what does Christ want for us? What does Jesus want? See, we allow circumstances to overshadow truth. See if any of these fit you. It's easy to fall into a cycle of depression. It's easy to lose focus. It's easy to doubt. It's easy to forget. It's easy to fall away. It's easy to reject. It's easy to take for granted. It's easy to be offended. It's easy to misunderstand. It's easy to give up and give in. But thank God, in spite of all those easy things, our situation, our circumstances, beside all the the getting lost frequently along the way that we can make, there's good news. There is the cross of Christ where he paid a price for everything and addressed all of those easy things and transformed us. Brings us salvation. And he says, 
you belong here. With my children, I used to use lots of phrases with my kids. I used to use phrases like, this is your last chance. And then kids would look to me and say, there's no point, Dad. You don't understand. I'm leaving. At work, people use phrases like, it's no use. People around here don't care. I'm not going to take it anymore. I quit. Has anybody here ever quit from a job? Oh, it is the best feeling. Oh, it feels so good, especially when you've got another one to go to. It is such a good feeling. At school, it's too hard. I'm in over my head. I'm going to drop out. And even with God and church, I've been praying for years and you still haven't helped me, God. I've asked for patience and all I get is more problems and more waiting. In breaking bread, we experience and have a symbol that carries the purpose of Christ through our lives. Over our lives and for our lives. So, you know, sometimes we sing this song um, about he's never failed as yet. You know, that is a statement of such beautiful faith because what we're saying is, in my history, God has never failed me. And though I'm waiting for the answer, I haven't received it yet, but the answer's going to come. The fulfillment will come. So I love singing that. It's powerful. I know that song has caused some consternation, but I want to tell you, read the lyrics, catch the heart of it, catch the heart of Scripture. That's what that song is saying. Certainly when I'm singing, that's what I'm, I'm shouting. That my experience of Jesus Christ is he has never let me down. And right now there are things I'm waiting for. Right now there are things I'm facing. But this one thing I know, when his time is right, when it is best for me, he won't let me down. He will see me through. And so we belong here. 1 Corinthians 11 has some verses that talk about breaking bread. I'm going to read these verses. I'm going to invite the band back to stage. And we're going to have a very simple time of bringing our worship. And as we bring our worship shortly in a few minutes' time, I'm going to invite you to just come and break bread as you're ready. Whilst we're worshipping, just in the presence of our being together. But let me read you these verses from 1 Corinthians. It's a letter written to a church in Corinth. Um, The kind of place people go on holiday today. But a long, long time ago, there was a church there, a brand new church planted. And a letter was written to them explaining the nature of this very meal that we're going to have now. This very symbol of the cross. Let me go over with you again exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper. And why it is so centrally important. I received my instructions from Jesus himself and passed them on to you. The master Jesus on the night of his betrayal took bread. And having given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body broken for you. Do this to remember me. After supper, he did the same thing with the cup. This cup is my blood, my new covenant with you. Each time you drink this cup, remember me. What you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you're reenacting your words and actions, the death of Jesus. You'll be drawn back to this meal again and again until he returns. So never let familiarity breed contempt. You see, this bread and this, this wine represents his body broken on a cross and his blood poured out for us but it also represents a new agreement between us and God that says the price is paid you are bought back, you are won back you are mine and it isn't the promise of heaven one day it's the promise of being alive today because Christ rose again from the dead and returned and he will return to us and so we begin our eternity today so it means from despair to hope 
from depression to joy, from doubt to belief, from defeat to victory, from dismay to courage, from disillusionment to enlightenment, from stood still, faces downcast, to it is so true, the Lord has risen and is returning. So what I'd like to do now is very simply read a prayer of salvation. So those of us that are Christians tonight, we can hear these words of salvation and we can remember what we committed to. We can remember the unity. We can remember our belonging here. We can remember belonging to Christ and belonging to one another. And if you're not a Christian this evening, here's your chance to consider these words and to say an amen and to perhaps engage with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour for the very first time. And in doing that, to realise that you belong here, that we belong together here, and to participate in this symbol, this picture of breaking bread, of belonging to Christ but also belonging to each other. If you can, if you're able, why don't we stand together just while I pray this prayer. You can close your eyes or bow your head or keep your eyes open however you're comfortable before God. You can look around the room, you can do whatever you like just while I pray this prayer. And it goes like this. Lord Jesus, I know I've done things wrong in my thoughts and words and actions. There are so many good things I've not done. There are so many wrong things I have done. I'm sorry for those wrong things. And turn from everything I know to be bad. You gave your life for me on a cross. Gratefully, I give my life back to you. Now I ask you to come into my life. Come in as my saviour to clean me. Come in as my Lord to lead me. And I will serve you all the remaining days of my life. Amen. So it says in that scripture that he broke the bread and he thanked God for it. And he shared it around. And so symbolically we break this bread to remind us of the price that Jesus paid. And he took the cup and he poured it out and he passed it around. And so this evening, as you're ready, we thank God for this bread. Thank God for all it symbolizes. Thank the Lord for this cup and all that it symbolizes. Thank you for the salvation and the unity with Christ that it brings. Thank you for the unity it brings with one another. Lord, we celebrate it, we mark it, and we do it because, Jesus, you rose again to life. Even as you paid a price in death, you rose again to life and will return. So, Lord, we celebrate life even as we mark your death. We pray that you will bless us and that we would revel in the unity of our salvation. But that salvation will be infectious tonight. We will become good news people that can't contain the joy of our salvation. Amen. So here was what we're going to do. We're going to return to worship. I'm going to leave the, the bread and the wine. I'll stand here for a little while. And as you are ready, just to be worshipping, whatever songs the band take us into, feel free to come and break bread. Take this cup. And as you do that, understand what you're symbolising. That belonging to Christ. That new salvation. That unity with him. And that unity together. That belonging. That we belong here. 
So let's do that. Let's do that as an act of worship, surrendering our lives to him. Amen.
miracles happen in your name Jesus be glorified again now as we lift our hands and pray let miracles happen miracles happen healing is flowing like a
I thank you that in this place we've seen you move mountains, Lord. But, Lord, we declare tonight that that's going to be nothing compared to what you're going to do, Lord Jesus. There's going to be bigger things that you're going to move. You're going to move in this town, Lord. You're going to move in this place, Lord. Lord, we want to see this place.